You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily Penn State Nittany Lions podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Nittany Lions. I'm your host, Stephen Pianovich. It is Monday, October 29th, Penn State, 6-2 and two now after a interesting win over Iowa. It was a game that had a lot of Penn State-Iowa things happen. It was rainy, it was sloppy, there were two safeties. Trace McSorley was down, then he came back. Iowa was, Penn State was going to blow it again, then they didn't. Iowa ended up blowing it at the end. It was uh, an interesting game at Beaver Stadium on, on Saturday for sure. Penn State a 30-24 to winner over the Hawkeyes. Nittany Lions moved up to 14th in the AP poll with the win. And uh, they got Michigan this week. So it's it's about to get tougher facing the now the highest ranked team in the Big Ten in the Big House. So Penn State will have its hands full this week. We will talk about Michigan a lot in the coming days. We'll get some good insight on the Wolverines and Jim Harbaugh's team. Uh, because, again, they are, the uh, as it stands right now, the favorites to win the Big Ten. And uh, they haven't lost since uh, on the first Saturday of the season at Notre Dame. That's their only loss of the season. They have the best defense in the country, and it's going to be a tough task for Penn State. Uh, it depends. It might be even tougher if Tracy Sorley isn't healthy. We'll see moving forward. So that we'll have tons to talk about this week, but I do want to use today's show solely to recap the Iowa game in our Monday Rewind. We will have our three segments coming up today. We'll have what we saw, what we heard, and what we learned. Uh, so we'll start right now with what we saw and – Saturday was similar to a couple of Penn State games from, well, I guess just the Ohio State and Michigan State games this season because there was, again, that feeling that Penn State had a fourth quarter lead. Chase Xoy throws his pick six. Some things happen. It gets down to the point where even after a field goal, Penn State's only up by six points and Iowa has the ball and they're moving the ball. And it feels like, oh no, Penn State. His defense has been pretty good all day, but they're going to let one up here and it's going to be a one point loss and this is going to be bad. I know I had that feeling sitting at home watching from my couch. I'm sure a lot of you had the same feeling. I'm sure a lot of people in Beaver Stadium had the same feeling. And I think I'd imagine some players on that sideline had the same feeling. You know, it's not something they're going to admit, but it's hard not to with the way Penn State has lost games in the last couple of years. It really just seemed like another classic, here we go again, Penn State blows it in the fourth quarter. But it didn't end up that way because Penn State finally made a a winning play in the fourth quarter. It came on defense. Nick Scott with the interception of of Iowa quarterback Nate Stanley, and I'm sure you've seen the play. It is – it – the interception has more to do with Iowa just being a wreck offensively on that play and probably should have taken a timeout at that point, or Nate Stanley certainly shouldn't have thrown the ball that he thrown. They were all out of sorts on different pages. Uh, Noah Fant, their talented tight end, wasn't looking for the ball. Nick Scott swooped in and made probably the easiest interception of his career. Uh, it is, uh, but So it wasn't a great football play, but... It was a play that Penn State needed. It was finally a break. Finally a break this team needed that they haven't gotten in the last couple 
the last couple of weeks, they, they weren't making these kinds of plays. They dropped an interception like this against Michigan State. Penn State, and this isn't a fourth quarter issue, but Penn State can't recover a single fumble that they forced. They forced, I think, six in the last two weeks and haven't recovered any of them. It's amazing. It's They haven't done that. They couldn't tackle against Ohio State in the fourth quarter. They couldn't stop Michigan State's passing offense. They couldn't cover people in the waning minutes against the Spartans a few weeks ago in another loss. They were doing all these things wrong in the fourth quarter. And even on this drive, for the first time all day, Iowa was moving the ball successfully on this Penn State defense. And they get down to inside the five-yard line, and they screw up. They let the play clock get down too low. They snap it out of panic a little bit with everyone not on the same page. And they lob, and their quarterback lobs a ball up in no man's land. It, it makes it just a terribly ill-advised play. And Penn State... Sometimes it feels like in the past couple of weeks, a Penn State defender would get his hands on it and drop that, or they wouldn't see it, or something would happen where that just that ball falls to the ground, or that ball somehow falls to an Iowa player. But that wasn't the case on Saturday. Penn State and Nick Scott make that play, and it changes the whole outlook of Penn State's season. I, I really think so. If they lose this game, things would be very bad. It would be they would be so bad. It would go, Penn State would be 5-3, and three, I guess still in the top 25, but Iowa actually only dropped to 19th in the AP poll, which I thought was surprising. But anyway, probably maybe like rank like 22nd or 25th or somewhere in there, maybe. And going to Michigan, which looks, I mean, it's going to be a tough task either way, but going there with three losses out of four games, Whew, man, just the mental burden that that team would have to carry in there would be would be so much larger than it is now. Uh, so this win is is huge. We'll get to this later in the uh, in our what it means segment, but it was just such a big win for this program or for the for the 2018 team to you keep your hopes of ten and two alive. I think nine and three is much more reasonable, but it gives you some confidence and it gives you saying that we can win these games and close out games in the fourth quarter. And they might have to do it again next week or against Wisconsin or against Maryland coming up. Who knows? Um, and just from, from going back to just the game uh, zoomed out a little bit, it was ugly. It was sloppy. Penn state looked horrible in the fourth, in the first quarter, excuse me. Like maybe the worst their offenses looked all year. It felt like it was 2014, 2015 again with Christian Hackenberg under John Donovan. Like they were, three and outs, like I think the first two possessions were three and outs, and uh, McSorley was getting sacked. Like he got sacked on one third down like two seconds after he snapped the ball, and it, I was like, it felt so much like watching that Temple game or like that Northwestern game from 2014. It was so bad and so reminiscent of that, and they were bobbling punts out of the end zone and getting punts blocked and giving up safeties. So it was, it was about as bad as that offense looked. Against a good defense, Iowa came in with the number three defense in the nation. Don't get me wrong, and it was it was raining and messy and sloppy and muddy, but Penn State's offense uh, rallied a little bit. They still managed to get done. Only 312 yards for the offense. Obviously, Trace McSorley went out of the game with a knee injury, comes back. We'll talk about him a little bit later, too. We'll get into it more. Um, Tommy Stevens looked looked okay when he was in there. Looked pretty good. You know, if Trace can't go, I think it is, is nice to have Tommy there. Obviously, I know Penn State fans have, have, have known this for years for two or three years now but it was good to see Tommy Stevens have a full drive as a quarterback and you know if Trace uh, it's on Sunday right now it's unclear it seems like Trace McSorley will play next week I don't see why I wouldn't but 
it is good to know uh, that Tommy Stevens looked good and comfortable running the offense uh, a whole possession in a meaningful in a meaningful game and uh, haven't seen that before. So that's good. And Trace is healthy, and that's obviously good. His 51-yard touchdown was certainly the biggest offensive play in the game. And uh, also, real quick, Penn State's, uh, Penn State's defense, I think, is is pretty good now. <laughs> like They've really come a long way. They did not give up an offensive touchdown to to this Iowa team. Obviously, they, Iowa scored in every other conceivable way, safeties, field goals, pick six, and a special team's fake field goal thing. That was crazy. Uh, so but Penn State's defense only gave up 300, about 350 yards and looked good. I mean, Nate Stanley looked – I mean, I don't know if it says more about Penn State's defense or Nate Stanley, but he was 18 for 49, two interceptions, 205 yards, no touchdowns. And people think he's – an NFL quarterback, and he certainly didn't look like it. Uh, Penn State didn't give up, let any of Iowa's running backs get over 100 yards. Uh, they held him to 3.6 yards per carry. It, it was a good showing by this defense who has been has gotten way better than it was a couple weeks ago, and uh, that, that's been the biggest improvement on this team, and, and they made a play to win. So that kind of came together on that side, and they did enough uh, on offense to get this victory, and it was one that Penn State needs. It makes you feel better. Going into November, it keeps it keeps Penn State in the top twenty-five, even if they don't get the win at Michigan this week. This win still makes it's a good win to have. Best Penn State's best win of the year, uh, and uh, it's nice to have it, and it gives you a better feeling and a much better feeling than you've had after Ohio State or Michigan State or even after a win in Indiana last week. It gives you a little bit more confidence heading into Michigan. Who knows how that one ends up? But this was a needed result for Penn State. It <laughs> was certainly in doubt for a while, but. They'll take this win for sure. All right, so that's what we saw on Saturday. We have to take a quick break, but stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. We'll have what we heard after Penn State's win over the Hawkeyes coming up in our next segment. If you're listening to this podcast, there's a good chance you're a college football fanatic. You don't just want to watch the game. You need to watch the game. That's why I'm telling you, you need to check out Sling TV. For just 30 bucks a month, you get ESPN, Pac-12 Network, the SEC Network, and more. You can stream the big games on your big screen and all your favorite devices with Sling TV. Sling TV gives you the live TV you love, but it's better. There are no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. If you want to check out Sling TV, Locked On Nittany Lions listeners can get a special 7-day free trial. Go to sling.com slash locked on that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and sign up for your free seven-day trial today. Sling.com slash locked on and find out why Sling TV is the best way to watch college football. Locked on Nittany Lines is also brought to you by Vivid Seats. If you're looking for Penn State tickets this season or need tickets to any show or sporting event, you got to check out Vivid Seats. Vivid Seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to. And to make things even better, there's a special promo code offer for Locked On listeners. Use the promo code Locked On, and you get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. So go to the App Store Google Play, download the Vivid Seats app today, and then use the promo code Locked On, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer. Every purchase on Vivid Seats is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. 
Download the app today, use that promo code locked on, and get $20 off orders of $200 or more. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let Vivid Seats help you get to your favorite live event. Welcome back to the show. We're doing our Monday Rewind after Penn State's win over Iowa on Saturday. The next thing, our, our next segment here is what we heard. These are some of the best quotes uh, quotes we heard after Penn State's win against Iowa. Uh, a few of these are about Trace McSorley, and I didn't really talk about him in the beginning, but I'll talk about him more now. The way he played was like very – the way the way he bounced back from an injury like that was very trace, Trace-like. It was kind of what you'd expect. Like Trace McSorley goes down, he's limping off, kind of hobbling on the sideline. Even when he was running, there was that series where Stevens was in and, and Trace was bouncing off the bike and, and running on the sideline. He looked very, he looked gimpy and he was, but he still comes back in because, of course, he's Trace McSorley. That's what he's going to do. He comes in, he didn't play his best game, certainly, but. He comes up with that huge 51-yard run. Uh, actually, a really nice play call by Ricky Ronnie there. Uh, and that was the biggest play of the game for Penn State, and McSorley does enough uh, to get that to, to get this team a win. I mean, that pick six was troubling, and his numbers were not, not very good, 11 for 25 for 167 yards. But the way he did it, again, was, was pretty vintage McSorley, and that, that run will be – on the pantheon of, of Trace McSorley plays uh, and when his career ends here at Penn State in a few weeks. But here's what some people said about it. Um, you actually saw McSorley talking to someone. He was talking to his dad in the stand. And that originally made me think that it was like done because it was a knee thing. Like that could be ACL, MCL. That could be a season ender. Even with a guy walking off the field, it could still be really bad. Um, but so you saw him talking to someone in the stands. It's actually his dad. When I initially saw that, I thought he was saying like, "Oh, it's it's bad news. Like, I'm done." But it was actually uh, here's what Trace said about. It. He said, "Quote: The first one who came down was my sister, and she said, you got this.' A couple minutes later, I saw my dad down there, and he was just telling me, "I love you. I believe in you. You got this type of deal." It was huge for me because he's always been the guy that I lean on when things have gotten tough. He's been able to be my rock. That's who my dad is to me. And in that moment, him being able to come down and say those things was huge. So it wasn't Trace McSorley saying, my knee is messed up. It was just his dad and his sister coming down saying, you still got this, buddy. That quote is from Audrey Snyder of The Athletic. And uh, so that's what you saw there on TV. A nice moment for Trace and his family. Um, James Franklin also had things to say about about Trace McSorley, who he thinks is the best player in college football. Here's Franklin. You know, Trace McSorley, he's the best football player in college football. I don't care what anybody says, and he's as tough as it gets. He's as tough as it gets. Um, You know, goes out. um, You know, we're able to get him back in the game. Um, Ricky Ronnie makes a great call versus cover zero, and Trace runs for how far? 51 yards. Huge play. Huge play in the game. So maybe a little hyperbole there from Franklin, though he will tell you it's not. Uh, but it is, uh, it, it's true that Trace McSorley is tough. Like he, I was going through my mind thinking, 
when was the last time Trace McSorley, who runs the ball a ton and gets hit more than any other player uh, on Penn State's roster, when was the last time he came out of a game for an injury and I could not think of it? So maybe it's happened, but if it has happened in his college career, it's been very, very few times. So Trace McSorley is a very, a very tough quarterback in there and uh, seems like he will be able to play this week at Michigan. Um, the only other quote I wanted to touch on here was one from the Iowa side about that fourth down play because it was so confusing and alarming to see a ranked high D1 team with a really good quarterback, a guy who's a second-year starter, just be that out of sync in, in such a key moment uh, when Stanley threw that interception in the fourth quarter. Kirk Ferentz, uh, his way, told The Athletic, he said, well, there was discombobulation. I think that's accurate. I was also worried about getting the ball snapped since the clock was running down. It looked like he wasn't going to get it off. In retrospect, it would have been nice if it had gotten in there. There was some traffic in there we weren't anticipating, so it was a tough play for sure. So discombobulation is how Kirk Ferentz called a, or referred to that play. And a discombobulation in Penn State's favor, so the Nittany Lions will definitely take it. So that was what we heard after Penn State's win over Iowa on Saturday. We have to step away for another quick break, but we're going to get to our What We Learned segment to close out today's show. Stay with us here on Locked On Nittany Lions. Welcome back to the show. We're going to wrap up today's episode with our What It Means segment here on the Monday Rewind, just kind of taking a broader look at what the last result for Penn State means for the program moving forward uh, on the whole. And I think this game against Iowa was was a big one. Uh, it wasn't the sexiest win or the most memorable game of all time or, or the biggest win that, that this Penn State team, players of this Penn State team have had, but... It means that Penn State has avoided the worst-case scenario for the, for the end of its season uh, because it certainly felt like after last week, after nine straight quarters of lackluster, uninspiring football, it felt like this team could certainly be headed to 7-5. and five. They were 5-2 and two coming into this week. They're at this kind of a crossroads with a really tough stretch coming up. Maybe not so tough if, if the Wisconsin team that lost to Northwestern shows up at Beaver Stadium. But either way, tough stretch at 5-2. and two, Your season can kind of go off the rails if you lose this game to Iowa and have to go to Ann Arbor next week. So they really, really needed a win. Like They really, really needed a win, and they got it. It didn't really matter what the win was like. Uh, they got the win, and they got it when it seemed like they were – going to lose in a similar fashion to how they've lost all these other games for the last two years. Uh, and this is actually a crazy stat. I saw Tyler Donahue, who covers Penn State for Lions 247, tweeted this out. Penn State has had a lead in the fourth quarter in 31 straight games. 31 games in a row, which is crazy. It's it's basically three seasons almost, but it is a, a crazy stat. They had the lead in this one, and it looked like they were going to give it away, but they didn't. They they made that big play, as we talked about in our first segment, Nick Scott's interception, and then they held held Iowa off again. They actually they also moved the ball a little bit on offense. They did they didn't do a ton. Like they were still in a position where Iowa had chances, but 
Penn State did a lot more than it usually does in the fourth quarter to put that game away, and they absolutely needed to. Uh, so now they're six and two, number fourteen in the country, and that looks so much better than five and three and I don't know twenty fourth or unranked. The uh, first college football playoff poll comes out on Tuesday, by the way, quick aside. So Tuesday night, those uh, college football playoff rankings will be out. I assume Penn State will probably be around 14, 15, uh, where they are in the AP polls. They usually match up pretty well at this point. Um, So it's just, it's the feeling after Sligo game is just so much better because of those things. And they were always going to have a chance against Michigan, don't get me wrong. Like even if Penn State loses to Iowa, they could still beat Michigan. They beat Iowa, they could still go lose to Michigan for sure. Uh, but it just kind of gives you a better feeling. I think it gives the team a little bit better, a little more morale boost going out there. Uh, and even if they do lose to Michigan, which is it's a very tall task, it's going to be their toughest test of the year, really. Even if they lose that game, they're still looking like a team. Now it feels like they can definitely go 9-3 and three and finish out with a couple wins. And they don't have to worry about it's not losing four out of five. It's not another two-game losing streak that could that could – snowball so the winning is Iowa again wasn't sexy or an amazing display of Penn State's offense like we saw against the Hawkeyes last time they were at Beaver Stadium or, or one of these games that we've gotten to see from Penn State where they put up 50 points it was not it was not that it was a ugly game that was had some weird quirks in in weird weather and was kind of a classic Big Ten Penn State Iowa game uh, but it was a really really good win and it was one of the most needed wins of the James Franklin era. It wasn't all that pretty, but it was certainly needed just for this team to not really spiral out of control here heading into November. So when you get a win like that, it doesn't really matter what the score was. So probably the most needed win of the James Franklin era for Penn State gives him some hope going at to Ann Arbor this week. So we're going to talk more about the Michigan game We'll probably talk a little bit more about the Iowa game and some of the other fallout from this one uh, during the rest of the week. So make sure you look out for those shows. You can download and subscribe to Locked On Nittany Lions on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're also on Spotify. You can find us pretty much wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please leave us a rating review if you can. That really helps us out. Really appreciate that. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. We are at Locked On Nittany. And you can find me, Stephen Pianovich, on Twitter, at S. Pianovich. Feel free to give us questions, comments, feedback of any kind. Really appreciate that. We'll try to incorporate it into the show. All right, so we have a ton to talk about this week. We'll be back on Tuesday looking ahead, uh, wrapping up the Iowa game and looking ahead to Michigan. I'll talk to you then.